What is wellness? I think of the image of wellness is like pure joy. The important thing is for people to choose, like, what do you want to do? Wellness are the things your grandmother told you to do. When you really start to think about it, the answer feels more complicated. I'm Maya Feller, registered dietitian nutritionist and author. And I'm Dr. Kavita Patel. We're the hosts of Well Now, Slate's new podcast on wellness. Join us every Wednesday as we tackle that simple yet important question, what does it mean to be well? Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well Sis podcast. I am your host, Dr. Cassandra Dunbar. Per usual, I'd like for you to check in with yourself by asking you, how has life been treating you? But more importantly, how have you been treating yourself? Me, I am much better child. I did not publish last week, with even though I had every intention to do so, um, because your girl felt like I had just one foot in the grave. Unfortunately, I was down bad with the virus that shall not be named, but after much rest, much tea, and a praying mother, hallelujah, I am back and in much better health and spirits. We are halfway through February, which is both Black History Month and the month where we celebrate love. Last year, I had a series called To Honor Them, We Honor Ourselves, where we delved into how our self-care practices can be how we homage for the sacrifices of those who came before us. And I was thinking about repeating that this year, but to be honest, I think this podcast largely does that. And I hope that the conversation on this podcast remind you of your inherent worthiness, greatness, uniqueness, strength, and beauty, and provides you with the tools to live a life that you're genuinely excited about. So today's conversation discusses the P word, peri menopause. And the reason I reached out to um, our guest is because I realized two things. The majority of the people who tune into this pod are either millennials or older Gen Z. And therefore, many of us are in that perimenopausal period and have no idea. Our culture typically discusses menopause as a wall that we hit when our estrogen levels have plummeted. But in reality, Our hormone levels are gradually decreasing for years, wreaking all types of havoc that we think are due to external factors rather than the changes occurring within. So to help us navigate through, I called on Dr. Peebles. Dr. Nicole Peoples is a board-certified internal medicine physician and the owner of Peoples Functional Medicine, which is an integrative medical practice that helps women age backwards by addressing the root cause of health and hormone imbalances. She's also the creator of the Black Woman's Guide to Health, Hormone, and Longevity, a virtual lifestyle medicine coaching program that helps women reset their hormones so they can release excess fat, balance their metabolism, and prevent disease and optimize the way they feel and age. So before we hop into this conversation, I want to remind you um, a couple of couple things. Firstly, go ahead and leave a rating and review, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And speaking of Apple Podcasts, a million thanks to them for including this podcast in the Black History Month lineup. So if you have tuned in to Be Well Sis because you saw us there, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. And lastly, I want to remind you that regardless of where you are on the health and wellness spectrum, you are made of a billion cells, over a billion cells, 
who dedicate every second to keeping you alive. You're incredibly important and loved. As always, thank you so much for joining. I am so, so glad you're here. Be well, sis. Has dealing with stress and trying to get a more focused New Year's resolution you haven't cracked yet or don't really know how to fix? Same girl, I especially struggle with creating and sticking to a morning and night routine that eases me into the day or prepares me for a good night's sleep. Enter Truvega. Truvega is a handheld product that stimulates the vagus nerve to improve overall health and wellness. Stimulating the vagus nerve with Truvega helps to balance and strengthen your nervous system, which reduces stress, improves mood, increases focus, and improves sleep. Truvega is owned by ElectroCore and uses patented technology for overall health and wellness benefits. Its utilized technology is the most clinically studied and tested vagus nerve therapy available. Customizable sessions are only two minutes long and recommended usage is one session in the morning and one at night. It's a drug-free and easy-to-use therapy to help improve your health. No app or phone is required. They offer free standard shipping, payment plan options, and a 30-day money-back guarantee. It is only available at the U.S. at this time. Visit truvega.com, that's T-R-U-V-A-G-A.com, and enter promo code BeWellSys to enhance your wellness journey, support this podcast, and receive $15 off. That's T-R-U-V-A-G-A.com, and enter BeWellSys promo code at checkout. All right, so today I have Dr. Nicole Peoples with us. She is a board-certified internal medicine physician and the owner of Peoples Functional Medicine, which is a integrative medical practice that helps women age backward ooh, by addressing the root causes of health and hormone imbalances. How are you? Hey, I'm amazing. Great to be here. And I'm so happy that you are here. I'm super excited because as I've been looking online and as I've been navigating my own journey, I'll be 40 soon. Um, I've just tried, I've been noticing changes in my body and I've noticed that people have had questions about what is perimenopause and specifically people are, I saw one tweet in particular that said, I didn't realize that perimenopause was like a time frame and not just like a one day event. And then you boom, you're into menopause. So for those who are on this journey and are curious as to what is perimenopause, what is perimenopause? So it's such a good question because so many people don't know what perimenopause is and they don't know that they're in the middle of it. And perimenopause is one of those, um, it's a time between um, this time period, usually somewhere between eight and 10 years before you go through menopause. So you referenced it, menopause is one day. Menopause is the day that you have gone one year without having a menstrual cycle. But the 10 to 15 years before that, your hormones are going through this fluctuation where your hormones are decreasing, um, your estrogen is going up and down and people end up experiencing all kinds of symptoms as a result of this fluctuation and decrease in their hormones. And so a lot of people think of menopause just by the main symptoms that most people complain about, which is hot flashes, um, maybe difficulty sleeping, um, but perimenopause can look like a lot of things. It can look like anxiety, depression, um, weight gain, particularly around the midsection, um, and also just overall decline in health um, because our hormones are so important for our overall health. Our heart disease, um, I mean, our heart health, um, our metabolic health, so thinking about things like diabetes, 
Um, so a lot of these changes happen in this time frame because our hormones are decreasing. And the problem with our medical system is, is that we don't say that's perimenopause. We break each one of those symptoms up into like individual diseases. And we say, you're depressed, you're anxious, you've got diabetes, you've got high blood pressure, you're um, obese, right? And we break them up into chunks as opposed to saying exactly what it is. It's declining your hormones. And we need to really focus on the impact that has on your overall health. Yeah, I am so happy that you mentioned that. Um, I was doing some reading and a lot of things that you mentioned. So for example, anxiety, depression, um, the metabolic syndromes typically are diagnosed like within like the 30s, it seems like in women. And thinking about when menopause typically happens, it's like late 40s, early 50s, if I'm not mistaken. So of course, that time frame before that, there are going to be all these alterations. But to your point, um, physicians in t- their practice traditional Western medicine usually just break it down into just the various things that could be just symptoms of the perimenopause. Yeah, so you're right. And that's the thing that happens is that we, we um, and it's not necessarily a misdiagnosis. It's just when you diagnose it that way you and fail to recognize the impact of hormones, then the result of that is you address all these other things without getting to the root cause. And so one of the things that I really specialize in 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 functional medicine and integrative medicine, the approach I take to health um, is that I really want to get to the root cause. Like why are things happening the way that they're happening? And looking at hormones um, is a big factor that's been sort of left out of conventional medical care. We're not talking about it. We're not addressing it. We're not talking about the things that affect it. Um, We automatically go to a diagnosis and then that automatically takes us to a medication. So I have a question. So menopause is a natural part of our reproductive cycle. Like it comes to an end and it's completely normal within a certain, like what is like the standard or the normal time, quote unquote, um, that we can expect to arrive at menopause? So it, it varies for everyone. And knowing when your mother went through menopause is oftentimes really helpful, but it can happen anywhere between um, in your late 40s, so like 48 to 53 is a, is a nice uh, time range. But mm-hmm. you can also, for some women, they do go into menopause earlier. So mm-hmm. some women can go into menopause in their early 30s, I mean, in their late 30s somewhere, um, uh, or early 40s, and that might be considered early menopause. And that has its own health consequences as well. So, But typically, most women will be fully into menopause by the time they're 55. Um, but again, it varies from person to person. Okay. So the reason I asked that was because of the symptoms of perimenopause, right? So that long span where things are changing, should we to an extent expect it? Um, like, is it always a problem or is it sometimes, well, this is just the natural cycle, if that makes any sense? No, I totally get it. So yes, you can't. So I think it's important to think about it in two ways. One is, is that it is a natural process, but everybody is going to experience it differently. And some people experience a more um, exacerbated response, meaning they have more symptoms and some people go through it and they don't recognize it at all. Um, so I do think that it, because of the variation, it's sometimes very hard to say, this is exactly what's going on with you. But if you're not even aware that this is happening to you, then you can start to think something's wrong with you, right? And even in my own life, and as I talk to more and more women about this, um, a lot of people notice this trend, something's changed, right? So I was 
vibrant. I had more energy. I was more a positive outlook. I wasn't, you know, so focused on the negative. I was able to lose weight without even trying. Um, and then all of a sudden something shifts in their body and they have no idea that this could be caused by hormones. And so they're left thinking, well, what did I do? Is something yeah. wrong with me? And that's where I want people to kind of shift their mind. I don't want people to expect that when this happens, that this is that this has to be your experience um, mm -hmm. and that necessarily something's wrong with you. Maybe you're one of those people who is having a more exacerbated response and there might be things that we can actually do to blunt that experience. But I also think it's important that you go into it saying, okay, wait, this is the normal um, nature of being a woman. I am going through a normal life cycle um, without thinking that maybe I'm supposed to be the same at 40 that I was at 30 or at 20. Mm -hmm. Like understand that there are gonna be some changes along the way, but how you experience it might be able to be minimized or you know optimized. Mm -hmm. So um, when somebody is thinking, well, maybe I am going through like some exaggerated responses to my perimenopausal, like, journey we'll call it um and they come and they go to their physician what are some things that they should either that they should bring up to their physician um to and what should they maybe ask for in terms of maybe lab tests um to check yeah so i i i always i think it's important for you to have the right practitioner mm -hmm. um because so i will say this as a person who was trained conventionally, but also trained as an integrative practitioner, um, I understand both sides. And I understand the limitations of what we were taught in medical school, in a conventional medical school. And so if you go to your, your doctor who is not aware of hormonal imbalances and say, hey, I think I'm going through perimenopause, what can you do about my hormones? Can you test them? Can you give me something for it? The vast majority of doctors are going to say no. They're mm -hmm. going to, this is why you haven't heard of perimenopause as something that is something you can do something about is because nobody's talking about it. Sure. Um, and that's just a failure of the way we have our medical system. So one of the things I really advise people to do, number one, is to make sure that you have a doctor who is um, who, who listens, who is open to um, exploring what's going on with your body. Um, if you have a doctor who automatically tells you that everything is okay, that there are no labs that they can test, that there's nothing they can do, then my first thing would say, find a different doctor. That, um, but if you do have one that is open and, and maybe not been trained in functional medicine or integrative medicine, but is open to you know listening, then absolutely um, there's a whole slew of things that you can do. Mm -hmm. So one of the things is, is that um, having your hormones tested can be helpful, but even for me in my practice, that's usually not the first place I go. Um, and because the way of our conventional model of medicine is sort of set up, we automatically think, what labs can we do? What pills can I take? Right. But as an integrative approach, we think about it a little different. The question is, is why are you having these changes and what can we do about that? Um, and so um, what I usually recommend is that you do some really basic things to help balance your hormones, which have to do with lifestyle approaches. And then once you've optimized that, then we go into testing. Um, so I think that there's a stepwise approach to this that oftentimes we skip. The lifestyle part is the part that we skip. True. Um, but I didn't really answer your questions about what labs, but it's a complicated question. So but honestly, um, I, let me say one other thing about um, lab testing and hormones in general. So when I say hormones, I mean a lot of things. I mean, sex hormones, which are like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, 
Um, I mean, thyroid hormone, which includes TSH, T3, T4, and some other additional antibody tests and um, some more specialized thyroid tests. I also mean metabolic hormones like insulin, ghrelin, and leptin. And I also mean um, stress hormones like cortisol. So there's a lot there. Yeah. And they all work together. So understanding one without understanding the other would be futile. So you really want to do a comprehensive assessment of all of those labs and then also look at a lot of lifestyle factors. Mm -hmm. So before we touch on the lifestyle factors, um, for those who aren't aware, what is, so you, you've done the traditional, um, Western medicine um, practice, right? So like you went to conventional medical school and residency, and then you additionally um, learn integrative medicine. So what does that mean exactly for those who um, aren't aware? Yeah, so integrative medicine can mean um, also a lot of things, but I'm, I specialize in something called functional medicine. So, and I, I also call myself an integrative practitioner because integrative basically means I'm combining the best of conventional or Western medicine with other forms of medicine, which can include traditional Chinese medicine, traditional African medicine, it can uh, include functional medicine or um, homeopathy. So there are lots of other forms of medicine that aren't necessarily accepted widely mm -hmm. amongst conventional Western medicine. Mm -hmm. And so when you integrate all of those things, I call that integrative. But within that, I specialize in functional medicine. And functional medicine is root cause medicine. So it's basically looking at the causes of why people get sick um, or the reasons why people stay well. And we look at it um, at a cellular level. So what's actually happening in your cells that might be leading to illness. But we also look at it at, and from a lifestyle perspective, which is the more practical approach. I don't think any of my clients really care how their mitochondria are working. But right. they care how what they eat affects how they feel. They do care how they sleep and how that affects what how they feel. They do care what supplements they need to take and which ones are going to be helpful and which ones are going to be a waste of money. So I try to use the lifestyle approach because that's what you can actually influence. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of the lifestyle um, things that we can influence, so what are some things just that we all can do um, regardless of where we are in our perimenopausal journey and regardless of our hormone levels, like what can we do um, to make the journey less jarring? So less symptomatic, I will say. Yeah, so I, so I have a seven pillars that I approach, I use, and I call them the people's life prescriptions because I prescribe health. And so how do I do that? So the first pillar is personal life, which has to do with like your intention and your mindset. And a lot of things I'm going to say right now, actually, I think all of you, anyone listening has thought about, but really putting it into a structured um, um, form so that you can actually implement it in a way that actually improves your health. And everything that I'm going to describe is going to sound really simple, but when you understand how these affect your cells and your body, then you can make the connection between how this actually improves your health. I'm not going to go into the the cellular part of it, but I will kind of go over the, the, the lifestyle portion. So personal life has to do with mindset. And like I said, we all know that the way we think affects everything in our body, including our health and the way we approach perimenopause, we really have to understand it, but we also under, have to understand how we feel about our bodies going through it. So that's personal life. Food life has to do with nutrition, and it's not about calories. 
I never talk about calories. I mean, maybe 2% of the time I talk about calories when I talk about food, um, but really it has to do with nutrients, right? It um, also has to do with food timing. So what to eat and when to eat um, has a huge impact on your cells and your hormones. So Ooh. we talk about which foods can actually influence your hormones, how you actually use food to help your gut, which plays a big role in your hormones. So you really want to think about the foods that you're eating um, and whether or not you're getting enough nutrients, not enough calories. Okay. The so what about the timing? The, the, that one stuck out to me. The yeah. So it's actually, yeah, you've heard of intermittent fasting, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So timing has to do with when we eat during the day. And oftentimes a lot of people have been told eat six meals a day. Breakfast is the most important meal not realizing that actually um, the effect it has on your metabolic hormones. So again, not necessarily your estrogen, progesterone, sex hormones, but your insulin. Mm -hmm. And this is a huge, huge thing. So the majority of people who are having hormone imbalances are um, having metabolic or insulin issues. And when you're eating frequently, you're actually overstimulating that insulin and causing weight gain because insulin is the fat storage hormone. Um, and then that also can affect your gut health, which influences your estrogen, progesterone and things of that nature. So when you think about food timing, you don't want to, you know, eat all throughout the day. This eat a meal, have a snack, eat a meal, have a snack. That can be really damaging to your hormones. Um, so what I usually recommend is that people shorten that window into maybe 12 hours. So you eat your meals within a 12 hour period or you eat them within a shorter time period. Um, even 10 or eight and even six. I eat most of my um, meals um, within a six hour window, which means I'm fasting for the rest of the day. That has huge benefits, not just for your hormones, but also for longevity. Hmm. Um, so really understanding food timing is a, a vital part of hormone balance. Okay. Um, so the third area is sleep. Um, and again, these are huge, everything I'm saying here is, is hugely impactful. Um, and so, so many women that I know have gone through their life being able to live on a, a minimal amount of sleep yeah. and because we're just high functioning people and we just, you know, feel like we've actually given ourselves a badge of honor for being able, like I can sleep for four hours and I'm going for the rest of the day. Yeah. And that can be extraordinarily damaging to your hormones, not just your sex hormones, but also I talked about your adrenal hormones. So like yep. cortisol and metal, melatonin. So sleep is another essential part toxins is the next one or detox life, which is all about the toxins in your environment. And toxins can be found almost everywhere. Yeah. So think about the foods that you're eating and all the chemicals that are put there, but really for black women in particular, our hair care, our face, our um, uh, face care, skincare, <laughs> yeah. our skincare um, products, all of these have chemicals in them that actually can disrupt our hormones. So things that we call estrogen or, um, estrogen disruptors or endocrine disruptors. These are chemicals that we know interfere with our hormones that we are putting on our bodies every single day. And so we're seeing the impact of that in our acne, in our weight gain, in our children who are um, precocious puberty or early puberty or painful periods, fibroids, endometriosis, uterine cancer. All of these things can be affected by um, the toxins in our environment. So if we're not thinking about that, but we're developing these symptoms, then we're not going to actually really get to the root cause until we address some of these toxin issues. Yeah. But the next one is stress. And I call this resilient life. Stress is another huge one that impacts 
all of our hormones, but particularly things like cortisol, and will also impact depression, anxiety, cancer, um, and so many other illnesses. And then the last one is community life. Oh, not the last one. The last, uh, the second before last one is community, which has to do with our relationships with others. And then the last one is fit, um, which has to do with movement, not just going to the gym. And I have a whole like spiel on that, all of these, as a matter of fact, but particularly fitness, because I feel like we talk about it in so many wrong ways. I think we complicate it, honestly. I think we, it it doesn't have to be that hard. Like, you know, Um, but I kind of want to circle back and kind of insert my own personal stuff into this. I, um, I schedule my women's exam around my birthday. So I just had my annual women's exam and I was telling her, I was like, you know, the past year has been, and I, I love my ob but we just didn't see eye to eye on this one. Cause I was like, you know, the past year, things have been very sporadic in terms of my menstrual cycle. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm in perimenopause. And like thinking about just like, I was thinking long and hard about just the mood changes I've been experiencing and the weight gain. Um, so I have gained a lot of weight since 2020, but I attributed that to, of course, because A, I stopped doing what I was usually doing in terms of like fitness. And also I was depressed. So the way that I coped was by eating. But for the past, we'll say since the summer, I've been more conscious. I'm like, all right, so I feel better in my head. Now I need to like, you know, take care of the rest of me. So I started walking every morning, started really paying attention to what I eat, like eating you know, calorie, nutrient dense food, excuse me. And the weight has not budged. Like it, nothing is different. And it's been like this for like months now. So I'm just like, all right, for sure, this has to be like a symptom of perimenopause. So I was talking to her about that. And she's just like, you are not in perimenopause. I'm just mm-hmm. like, well, I can't even count on when my period's going to come anymore. Like I'm waiting for the period of periods waiting for me. Like, it's just, we're not in sync anymore. That's number one. And number two, like the weight gain um, and the difficulty for me to lose the weight, um, it's been a struggle. So I say all that to say, because I think about how for the past three years, um, not only have I been experiencing changes, but like there's been life changes that we've all been experiencing, right? And the things like how we, how much we move our body, how we eat, and the things that can affect our mood, like the stress load, all can interact with our hormones. So the question that I ask is, I'm going to ask is, how do we kind of separate and to identify, well, what are some factors that are going to be a natural consequence of the life that we're all living um, versus I'm in perimenopause, if that makes sense? If you're a longtime listener, you might know that I've been drinking AG1 for several years now. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that that supports my body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, But I love that every scoop includes probiotics and digestive enzymes for gut support, magnesium and B vitamins for energy support, adaptogens to balance my body's stress levels, and vitamin C and zinc to help support my immune health. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide my body with the support it needs daily, and that's why they've been a partner for so long. 
So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. So go ahead and visit drinkag1.com slash bewellsis. That's drinkag1.com slash bewellsis at checkout. Have you heard about Synolytics yet? It's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago, and they're being called the biggest discovery of our time for promoting healthy aging and enhancing our physical prime. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their bodies. Senescent cells cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and pains, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling. And also known as zombie cells, they are old and worn out and not serving useful function for, for our health anymore. Yet, they take up space and the nutrients from our healthy cells. So much like pruning, the yellowing, and the dead leaves of a plant, Qualia Synolytic removes those worn-out senescent cells and allow for the rest of them to thrive in the bodies. Taking just two days a month, this non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free formula has ingredients that are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect for all ingredients together. As you may know, I have been on my fitness journey and sometimes the recovery from my workouts are worse are worse than the workouts themselves. Since taking Qualia Synolytic, my recoveries have been have been much shorter and less grueling. Resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Synolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash bewellsis for up to $100 off and use code bewellsis at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash bewellsis for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. Yes, except for the fact that you can extrapolate. Okay. Which is so, and, and that is the thing that, the reason why I kind of went through every single one of those is because one of the things that um, I think oftentimes happens because we, we want to default to this idea that there, there should be like a diagnosis and a quick fix. Like I'm in perimenopause, this is what you do, right? Mm-hmm. But what's actually happening is, is that our body is changing in response to all of the things that are around us. Our hormones are declining and our, we're not changing how we're relating to the environment. Mm. that's what's causing an inflammation in our body that's what's causing our hormones to now not be able to to deal because absolutely your hormones are dropping regardless of what you do right like there's nothing that's going to stop that process what's um going to change is how drastic you make those those changes are and how you feel in response to those changes so are there things that you can do that are going to mitigate these symptoms so for example, in your case, you brought up um, a couple of things. First, you talked about maybe mood, right? And, mm-hmm. um, and so that mood fluctuation happens as your, your hormones decline. Now, you may be more sensitive to that. And if you've not taken the time to develop practices that build resiliency, if you haven't taken time to learn how to do deep breathing exercises, meditation, um, joyful movement, you know, forest bathing, being around friends and family, you're not enhancing the, that those activities. What ends up happening at the same time that your hormones are dropping, your resiliency is dropping. Mm. But think about what happens, and, and this makes tends to make a lot of sense to people. Usually, when you're going through perimenopause, the other thing that's also happening is usually for a lot of women that is at their most stressful time of their life. Yeah. They're active um, in their careers. They've got children or young children. 
their parents are aging yep. and their ability to cope with stress is um, declining because of their hormones and their stress levels are rising at the same time. So when you mm. have the two colliding, this is why I keep seeing it over and over again with women in their late thirties into their forties, everybody's hitting this wall and they have no idea why. And so what do you have to do? You have to realize that this is the point where we have to start making more intentional actions on doing things that support our hormones, like meditation, um, relaxation, rest. But it's also the time where the foods that we eat matter the most. Our, the amount of sleep we get matter the most. The toxins that we are being exposed to, they matter the most. So it's not like I can say, you just have to do this one thing and your hormones are gonna stop declining. No, we've gotta match those, we've gotta match our behavior and our lifestyle with the changes that are happening in our bodies so that we're not experiencing the side effects so greatly. Yeah. Oh, that makes such good sense for sure. And I was just thinking like, dang, it is just so not fair. Like the hormones are going down (laughs) and the pressures of life are increasing. And it's just like, my goodness, but you make a really good point. And it's actually empowering to know that we can like, we can increase our resilience to meet the stressors just by taking care of ourselves. Um, and I kind of want to circle back to, you mentioned forest bathing. What's forest bathing? Oh, just spending time in nature. Oh, okay, nice. So that's nice. actually a Japanese, they call it Shinriku. I always mm-hmm. call it um, mm-hmm. but this, But the, the idea that really the hormones or pheromones, the, um, uh, the chemicals that actually plants exude, Mm-hmm. actually can calm your own hormones. So we all, you know, have an energy field. You, you mm-hmm. all experience it. You walk into a room and if people are happy, you feel happy. If people are sad, you feel sad, right? Like you can mm-hmm. feel people's energy. Well, plants have the same impact, which is why I, you can't see all of my plants in here, but like I'm surrounded by plants um, and I try to spend lots of time outside um, because of the power of plants. And I know that sounds so sort of like, you know, voodoo, but Listen, mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell you if what you've been doing isn't working, maybe try something new. And absolutely, one of those. Absolutely. And I love that it is not something that you necessarily have to pay for. Because one of my gripes in wellness in general is like things that are going to make you well, like you have to, they're expensive. It's like, no, 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 no. We have nature. Like go outside, you know, take a walk, get some fresh air, um, meditate. Like you said, these things don't cost anything extra additional, right? Um, I appreciate that. This was super, super enlightening. So where can the people find you to follow you, to learn more about their own hormonal health and, and how they can better themselves? Um, so you can follow me on most social media. So I'm on YouTube, Instagram, mostly Facebook, all at Dr. Nicole Peoples. Um, my website, um, for, um, just to know about me and my medical practice is drnicolepeoples.com. Um, and then I also have a course called the Black Women's Guide to Health Hormones and Longevity. And that's where you learn about all the things I just talked about. Um, and it's really great for women going through perimenopause who are also trying to lose weight or they're battling with a health condition or they're just trying to figure out what am I doing wrong or how can I live my best life? How can I slow down aging? That course, you can find information at theblackwomensguide.com, which is B-L-K-W-O-M-A-N-S-G-U-I-D-E.com. So the Black Women's Guide, Black with B-L-K, Women's with an A. Um, so yeah, 
Perfect. So I will have all of her links down below, including the course, including her practice website and um, everywhere else you can find her. So it's a click, an easy click for you go to, for you to go ahead and find out more and to follow. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And this was good food for thought for me as to what ways can I help myself um, throughout this time. So thank you. Yeah. And I'll just throw this in because I meant to mention it when you gave your specific um, concerns. The other thing that oftentimes limits people from being able to like sort of lose weight, even though they're doing all the right things. Um, also think about gut health and food sensitivities. That oftentimes is one of the areas that people don't think about. And that kind of causes more inflammation and difficulty with losing weight. So mm, I, I will have to look into those. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.